The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry, built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. And with available features like heated seats and a multimedia touchscreen, you can stay connected in comfort and style. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle, from the hip and agile sedan to the sporty hatchback. There's a dependable Corolla built just for you. Plus, both Camrys and Corollas are available in hybrid models. So no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and affordably. And right now, your local Toyota dealer has more vehicles in stock and is making delivery on new vehicles almost every day. So visit your local Toyota dealer. And check out amazing national sales event deals on Camrys, Corollas, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Offers end April 1st. Toyota, let's go places. Let Tend Dental make your dream smile a reality. We offer a variety of top-rated treatments, including Invisalign aligners. And for a limited time, Tend is offering $750 off orthodontic treatments. Offer valid through January 31st, so don't wait. Visit hellotend.com slash sale. That's hellotend.com slash sale. And book your free consult today. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Here we go. Jake and Josh are here to analyze the game they love for the team they love. This is another Dolphins Podcast. Here's your host, Jake Mendel and Josh House. Oh, man. Oh, man. Are we actually doing this? Are we Tua and O on a victory Tua's day? Josh, Josh, tell me I'm not dreaming. You're not dreaming, Jake. All of our hopes and dreams are taking place right before our eyes. The Dolphins won a Sunday night battle against the New England Patriots. I'm stoked to dive into this one. But, um, yeah, man, another victory Monday. This will come out on Tuesday, but I'm happy to be able to come on here and talk Dolphins football with you, Jake. How are you doing today? Wow, wow, wow. I can't believe I'm awake right now. Game didn't end until 1130. We're old, we're tired, but here we are, Joshua. The Dolphins won a 24-17. to I want to call it a gut check over the New England Patriots. Before we go into all the details, give me your umbrella theme about how you felt about this game because I think we all know how good this Dolphins offense was. We all know how much this Dolphins defense needed to improve after one week. And all of a sudden, man, they are out there winning a completely different ball game. These, these team, this team, week one to week two, very different. Same outcome, a nice dub. Well, yeah, you just set me up perfectly. That's exactly what I noticed, right? Instead of beating them through the passing game and things like that, the New England Patriots played with those three high safeties and kind of took away some of those throws the Dolphins liked to use, kind of took away the middle of the field, and then we saw the Dolphins do it in different ways, right? We had the running game with Raheem Mostert. He stepped up. Tua did make some nice throws. Again, 5-0 and against the New England Patriots. We can say that until... And again, until he loses a game, which hopefully we never witness. But um, we saw the offense do it in different ways than the defense. We want to see them step up, right, Jake? They didn't have Jalen Phillips out there. We thought that'd be a pretty big blow. But Andrew Van Ginkle, man, coming off the edge, getting those pass rush reps. Um, Dolphins did it in a number of different ways. And it was nice to see another, you know, the defense and that run game step up because another week we will be scoring, you know, 40 points perhaps with a high octane offense. But for this week, it was different. And that was pretty much my overall thought of this and just felt good because um, at no point did we feel like this was the same old Dolphins. At least I didn't feel that way. I mean, I did get queasy a little bit. We can talk about that throughout the podcast, but um, they kept their composure and it just feels like a different Dolphins team, man. So two and no, I'm super stoked. 
David Long Jr. back in action. Eight tackles, two quarterback hits. Bradley Chubb, so, so, so clutch. Stepping up, two tackles for a loss, two quarterback hits himself. But, man, it's so hard not to look at this Miami Dolphins team and not start with the rushing attack, Joshua. Run, Raheem, run. I looked it up before we got on here to record. Last year, Josh, that game in Buffalo on December 17th, 17 carries for 136 yards. Mostert averaged eight yards per rush. He kind of was slacking a little bit when you think about 18 carries for 121 and and two touchdowns, a 6.7 average. Josh, it wasn't that 8.0 average in the snow, but seeing the Dolphins develop a run game this early in the season, talk about a treat. Definitely a treat, and it was a full-team effort. I mean, we're going to give the offensive line their flowers, but Raheem Mostert's starting to become almost like a road warrior, right? I mean, he had that game in the snow where he just kind of went beast mode on that nice run, you know, went up there and played really well against Buffalo. And then this game, man, again, they were taking away some of the passes the Dolphins liked. They were checking down a little bit, taking the easy things. And then just Raheem Mostert, he broke off a 43-yard run, and I think Jake E is back to, uh, you know, the Raheem Mostert of old, right? I mean, he was banged up a little bit, recovering from that injury last season this year man I mean he looks so explosive he busted away from everyone and was just off to the races so uh, Raheem Mostert might be the fastest player on the roster like you said before but uh, they needed him to step up and he definitely looks like that RB1 Salvin Ahmed got a little bit of work but got banged up there and we saw Devon A-Chain for the first time but uh, Raheem Mostert looks like he put all that noise in the back of his head this offseason just put his head down and work because he looks like the best version of himself and after last year almost getting a thousand yards I mean whoo wee man that run game looked pretty good Raheem Mostert scored the first touchdown of the game early in the second quarter, an eight-yard scamper, and then he delivered the dagger. Josh mentioned it, a 43-yard run, about eight minutes left in the fourth quarter to put it away. Josh, I just can't think of a, a, a time. like This is two straight games where the door was shut without the Patriots and without the Chargers getting their final answer. We heard some gripes uh, about that final play of the game where Mike Gesicki, breaking news, couldn't break a tackle, but instead he decided to lateral the ball back to Cole Strange, a guard, and he came up just short. Uh, but, but man, how does it feel knowing that at the eight-minute mark, you know, Hunter Henry catches this touchdown pass for Mac Jones to make it a 17-point or a seven-point game, 17 to 10. The entire Gillette Stadium's rocking and rolling. And then first play, man, Raheem Mostert just right up the gut after an entire performance of stretch run, stretch run, stretch run. They go right up the middle and he's just gone. He didn't look like he was 31 years old right there. No, not at all, and that's what's been so impressive. I mean, again, we heard all the rumors. We continue to hear rumors about which running back they'll bring in here, but Raheem Mostert looked the part of an RB1, and, I mean, he just showed off that explosiveness that we haven't seen. But, again, it goes back to that offensive line, right, Jake? I mean, Kendall Lamb looks great there filling in for Teron Armstead. We saw Isaiah Wynn, you know, open up some holes. Connor Williams, I do think we'll talk about that, or maybe we should right now. But, uh, man, that snap again, he almost cost us one there. And um, besides those – bad snaps you know whatever's going on there he's looked pretty good in the run game and then um Austin Jackson might be back to his old ways a little bit but dude that run game looked pretty good and um that's what we wanted to see this season right and a complete effort see Mike McDaniel commit to and I do think he committed to it better in this game than we may have seen in you know years past and Alec Ingold right he's he's an extension of that run game we got to give him a hat tip because he was opening up holes you know he was just doing everything out there so two was only hit twice Sacked once, once by Matthew Judon. And yeah, it was another scenario, man, where you're not going to teach the next generation of offensive linemen based on this, you know, 2023 Miami Dolphins group. 
But what you might do is you might teach the kids at the local high school on how you don't have to be awesome to get the job done type of thing because they had to scratch and claw. It wasn't pretty, but at the end of the day, they did enough to keep Tua clean. They decided, the Miami Dolphins, to throw the ball 30 times and rush the ball 30 times, Josh. That is a clear cut right down the middle. I don't think anybody enters any game that features a Tyree Kill and a Jalen Waddle thinking the split would be that down the middle. Uh, but, man, you mentioned it. It seemed like every time the Patriots were en- exiting their defensive huddle, it kind of looked like an umbrella was opening up, how there would be three guys just on the back end just sitting back there and just waiting for the bomb to Tyreek, the bomb to Waddle. How did you feel about the play calling in general, where the Dolphins kind of just took their medicine with a smile on their face in the sense of we can't play this over the middle or downfield a strike attack. We're going to switch it up a little bit. Yeah, and they did. You saw, again, them using the flats a lot more, you know, checking down a bit more. And it was just um, nice to see because, again, they try to take away what we are bread and butter, right? Tyreek Hill, Jalen Waddle, they still got theirs, right? We saw Tyreek Hill with a nice touchdown. Um, we're seeing a lot of new motion out of uh, Mike McDaniel's offense this year that you got to love, man. Those little half motions, whether it be with Tyreek Hill going into that wheel route. Alec Ingold was running them. Durham Smythe then ran one, and that's what opened that thing up for Tyreek Hill. But um, to see Tua not really, you know, panic in those moments when they're taking that away and taking the easy, you know, dump downs, letting that yark up. Uh, yak kind of build up there I mean um, let's be honest man besides the, the play that really stood out to me was that Jalen Waddle screen what'd you think of that one Jake because that was one where you definitely saw that half motion and then they threw the little screen to Jalen Waddle and he took off that was probably of one of Miami's biggest plays offensively besides that Raheem Mostert run so um, they did it in different ways and it was nice to see the way Tua could adapt because they did take away what he's been used to and at oftentimes you know he'd be maybe forced a turnover although he did force turnover right he did have that interception which we were all there like oh no what the hell's going on the heart wants what the heart wants, Joshua. It's just one of those things that once in a while, two is going to do that. But overall, I mean, the performance, 21 for 30, 244 yards, an average of 8.3 yards per attempt. And from the Miami Dolphins themselves, after two weeks, the Dolphins leave the NFL by averaging 7.3 yards per play. It's a full yard better than every other team in the league. San Francisco, Josh, is second at 6.3 yards per play. Something that's worth noting, too. Those are the only two teams to start the season undefeated with two straight road games. So that tells you right there that Shanahan system will travel. It was pretty fun to watch, Josh, because talking about that screen, talking about that motion, if you look at Tua's um, passing chart, it is like it's like watching Moses uh, part the ocean there. Right. And there's nothing in the middle. It's all to the outside. It genuinely felt like felt like that the Dolphins, they like, took a pair of scissors, they cut out the middle of the field and just taped it like 10 yards to the left or right. And it seemed to work so well. So Josh, were you surprised to see like, Hey, this entire Miami Dolphins operation, it it thrives over the middle. Are you surprised to see this next step down the road where they can kind of attack those same flaws the middle of the field might have, but all of a sudden they can do it on the outside using this like flare out motion? Yeah, Jake, I think it just shows, again, growth in the offense and just how Mike McDaniel has, you know, taken what he learned last season and kind of developed against, you know, learned from his mistakes maybe and found out, you know, how to attack these different defenses that have maybe have an answer for it. Two got the ball out in 1.98 seconds, according to Pro Football Focus. So, I mean, um, he wasn't really, you know, trying to pick apart that defense, right? He was taking the sure thing right away. And sometimes that's all it takes, especially when your defense is playing as well as it did. Um, like we mentioned, I do have to, we do have to talk about that drive before the half, man, because most teams do don't it. call, most teams don't call timeouts there to try to get that ball back. They do. I think it was under 
Um, I had it written down here. My notes are all over the place. I have like three pages of notes, and I'm going to miss half the stuff. Buck 38 left. Yeah. Okay, Buck, thanks, man. Buck 38, they they drove downfield. I mean, two was just picking them apart. Craycraft had some nice ones, and then that ball that where he stepped up and just – Threw that beautiful touch packs to Braxton Berrios, and it was just uh, it, it, that was an impressive throw, and then ended up scoring there. So to go up, what was it, seventeen three before half? I mean, that kind of was the difference maker, right? In a seven point game at the end of it. I mean, if you don't have the balls to call time out there and try to get that ball back, and then to drive downfield, I mean, again, most teams might just be okay sitting there milking that. So um, shout out to everyone that made that drive worthwhile, and too, I mean, again, he's just a surgeon at times out there, especially when it seems like he makes a bad play. I think I really like looking at this game um, because it gives us a, a sight into if an opposing defense tries to limit the Miami Dolphins, what can they do with a limited amount of uh, plays, right? You think about it, 60 snaps for this offense. It went right down the middle, 30 to 30. And Josh, I, I think I want to talk about Salvan Ahmed for a second because three carries for 13 yards doesn't sound great. But then you add in three receptions for 28 yards. What do you see out of someone like Salvan Ahmed that makes you think, Okay, Jonathan Taylor would have been nice. Donna, or, uh, Delvin Cook might have been nice. But all of a sudden, the Dolphins do know how to use their weapons. Yeah, I mean, the thing to me is that everyone wanted uh, the Dolphins to overpay, right? The Colts obviously wanted the Dolphins to overpay. There were talks with Jalen Waddle, you know, first-round picks. I mean, when you see what Salvin Ahmed's making, knowing the type of difference maker that he can be when he's out there, I mean, we'll see more about his injury. You know, what, you know, he might be out a few weeks. I'm not really sure. Did he come back then in that game? I know A-Chain was in there for a little bit. But at the end of the day, Salvin Ahmed, you know, has outperformed A-Chain in practice and preseason and has obviously left a lasting impression on this coaching staff. But, I mean, if you could team Raheem Mostert and Jonathan Taylor together and, you know, Chris Greer still wants to go Super Saiyan, I'm here for it. But um, this proves that the Dolphins don't necessarily need that big, flashy name. And that's kind of the, what we thought all along. But it's hard to not get into that fantasy football mindset and, you know, want to Dalvin Cook at times or Jonathan Taylor because um, it will be nice after so many years. But Raheem Mostert, three touchdowns, leading the NFL, I believe. Leading the NFL in rushing touchdowns, and I think Tyreek's leading it in receiving touchdowns. I think they both got three, so that that's an interesting, fun little note. Yeah, man, and I think what made me so impressed about this performance is the Dolphins did not play a clean game, right? There were some real ugly, you know, fumbled snaps. There were some bad runs. I think um, Eric Azukama was back in the backfield. He had three carries for five yards, which sounds bad, but then when you consider one went seven yards. So then he had two carries for negative two yards. So that's that, that's pretty ugly there. But, man, it seems like they this team has gotten so good at not letting one issue, one mistake really unfold and, and take away their entire game plan. So I know we're talking a lot about the run, running attack, but, man, it does really feel like this is a situation like if you can run the ball, you will travel. All of a sudden, you're not passing the ball more where you're not putting the ball in dangerous way. And – more importantly, man, this is looking like that San Francisco rushing attack we've been waiting so long to see. Um, is this just another step in the progression, or is this all of a sudden, you know, offensive line is clicking? I guess what I'm trying to get at is, is this sustainable for the Dolphins, or was it more of just right place, right time, right opportunities? I think it's a little bit of everything. I mean, staying committed to the run was half the battle last year, and the fact that you mentioned it, man, the offensive line's greatly improved. I mean, again, we know it's Ron Armstead out there. You can make arguments whether or not Kendall Lamb should perhaps switch over to right tackle. You know, when he does come back, I mean, that's going to be a talk for another day. But it, we all thought we didn't have depth, and we all laughed, and Chris Greer sat there and said, you know, you guys are more worried than we are. I mean, they're kind of proving it. So that offensive line stepping up to the next level, Mike McDaniel sticking to the run, showing new wrinkles in his, you know, offense and, and utilizing 
Raheem Mostert's speed. I mean, again, that's one of the most, if not the fastest running back in all of football, right? So when you add that to, again, those speedy receivers, it doesn't matter if they want to take out Jalen Waddle, which um, I didn't mean that literally, but I'm praying that Jalen Waddle's okay after leaving this one for six catches for 86 yards. But um, it proves that you good? I'm sorry. It flashed out, and I don't want to keep going. It just proves that the Dolphins have so many ways that they can beat you. And, um, again, it reminds you so much of those Dolphin teams that, you know, you grew up on as a little kid, and it just feels nice compared to years past. Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives we're consumed by all the what if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun if you're like us then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass or play call each week on alternate routes we'll take a flashpoint in sports break down what actually happened then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused follow alternate routes on the wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts you can listen early and ad free right now by joining wondery plus passion drive and patience what brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive ebay motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance from superchargers roof racks exhaust kits led headlights and more whether you're into speed power or style ebay motors has got you covered with over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Ready for a spring break to remember? Amtrak's got just a ticket for you and your crew. With share fares, you and your friends can save up to 60%. The more who travel, the more you save. Skip the hassle of driving through the Northeast while exploring D.C., Philly, New York, and Boston. No middle seats and plenty of legroom are just an Amtrak away. And with stops right in the heart of your favorite cities, you'll arrive downtown, not out of town. Savings start with three travelers. Eight travelers required for 60% discount. Visit Amtrak.com slash sharefares to book. Restrictions may apply. Human nature is always to take a look back and see if we could have seen this coming. And I'm really curious to see what Mike McDaniel's mindset is, because you look back to last year, week one, Mostert had five carries, 11 carries, eight carries. He didn't reach 18 carries to that 40 to 17 loss to the Jets, where things really fell out of control because he didn't have a starting um, quarterback. Is this Miami's way of maybe saying like, hey, we're going to do all our action to the outside. We're going to run the football early. So come November, December, and January, we can go back to attacking the middle of the field. Is this part of a long chess game, or is this really just taking what defenses give them? Because all of a sudden, man, if Tua has two more performances where he can make these um, outside option plays really work and just continue to move the ball down the field, all of a sudden, man, that the middle of the field is going to be completely wide open, and the Dolphins can go back to being you know, the team that 
absolutely blew out like Cleveland 39 to 17. I see a scenario like that. If they can continue just to prove like, Hey, we can win in different ways. You can't just press us at the line. You can't stop the run showing that they can do so many different things is such a big problem. Yeah. And I got to, I mean, I think we're kind of getting ready to wrap up on the offense, right? I got to throw Durham Smythe's name out there, but yeah, man, it just, again, shows you that there's just so many different ways that this team can beat you. And, um, I'm, I'm intrigued to see what the Denver Broncos decide to do, right? Week one, you saw the Dolphins go out there and pass at will against the Chargers, you know, beat them in different ways there. This week we saw it with the run game, the defense. How are the Broncos going to come out? Are they going to take away the middle of the field, use those three safeties similar to what New England did? Are they going to try to attack this thing this, the way that went down in week one? We'll see, but uh, we're seeing that Mike McDaniel can adapt and almost be a chameleon when it's needs needed to be most. And um, a guy like Raheem Mostert stepped up big time in this game and, um, it feels nice, man. Feels like those Reggie Bush days. Those are the most recent. That's the most recent running back that truly gave me a uh, um, happiness, goosebumps. Is it just me, or is it kind of like this um, wide zone offense? It, it's like I don't know, man. It's kind of like watching a quarterback throw left handed. Like you can't just be any running back. I think with this wide zone, because man, just watching Raheem Mostert run. I don't know what it is, but to me, it's like everything the translation comes out a little weird because he always seems to be a little more straight up but he's always fall falling forward and getting an extra yard or two so there's no analytics or statistics to back this up but when you see this wide zone uh, why do you think Raheem Mostert is so good at it because it just does seem like it's like maybe taking um, you know a German and having them speak French or something you know it's very similar but there are some distinct differences that make you kind of perk your eyebrow a little bit. Well, I was going to say it has to be the familiarity, right? I mean, he was with um, Raheem Mostert with the San Francisco 49ers as the run game coordinator. I mean, he has to – it's almost like a, a thing that he's kind of come to be very effective in. I mean, Dalvin Cook kind of alluded to it and said, you know, I can come up there and run. I'm perfect for that wide zone offense. But Raheem Mostert, he's been in it year after year, and um, he's Mike McDaniel's boy, so I'll say it's that. And he just seems to have, like, almost patience. But then when he finds that open hole, man, it's just game over. I mean – uh, seen him pull away from everyone. It was just like, damn, this, this Dolphins team's different. And I think defensive coordinators are starting to realize that. Yeah. Most are, um, he's spoken about how he, uh, surfs. It kind of does look like he's surfing out there. It kind of looks like he's just playing DDR without having to hold onto the bar too, which is always pretty impressive. He was on the elevator. We got to say he was on the elevator. Make sure we mention yes. that. Yes. The victory Monday elevator did feature Raheem Moser and rightfully so, man. I I think too, I just go back to just a full well-rounded team effort. Like, you know, the, the Patriot fans all have their crowns on because, Hey, we held Tyree kill to uh, five receptions or 40 yards. Well, it's still an L like at the end of the day, like when you go on the road there, this like, this played out like a snow game. I kind of felt with just the way they were able to run the ball. You were limiting Tyree kill and Jalen Waddle. And yet it still didn't really matter. No, it didn't matter. And since we're talking about Tyree Kill, we just got to mention um, he is now 99 overall in Madden. I know we talk about Ooh. Madden a lot. Yeah. Um, yeah, they gave him that right after this game. So, yeah, they stopped him uh, only 40 yards on five and nine targets, but he still got that touchdown, and now he's still in the Madden 99 club. So um, I had to throw that out there because he was a little bit upset that he wasn't already in it. So now he got that crown, and um, it, he's just a difference maker, man. He is such a game changer out there. And um, again, I hope Jalen Waddle's healthy. Braxton Berrios, you got to tip your cap to him. I don't know how much we talked about him, but he's making blocks out there. He's making key plays, making big-time catches. Um, so, dude, this offense, just everything we dreamed of, right? Braxton Berrios, two receptions, 28 yards. And, man, it's one of those things where if you're watching the box score, Braxton Berrios, okay, he moved the chains. But, man, you can't put a price on just those – 
clutch, clutch third down receptions he has had for the Miami Dolphins through a couple weeks. And that's going to be so, so helpful moving forward. Josh, I have one more offensive question to ask you, and it's a question I've asked you before. Is there a chance by the end of the year we are surprised at Durham Smythe? Like, do we? I, I think this entire offseason we understood what Durham Smythe was. Just He was just kind of that well-rounded Madden player and Anthony Fasano. He's not going to be awesome at anything. He's just going to be solid. But he looks kind of interesting out in space. The Dolphins are trying to get him the ball a little bit. Don't get me wrong. It's three receptions for 23 yards. But I'm wondering if that ceiling might be a little higher than we once thought. Yeah, I think so. I think Merrick's son, you know, playing those Madden games and those simulations, didn't Durham Smythe, like, have 11 catches or something crazy in the one sim? Yeah, seven times, like, led the league in receiving. I mean, that's kind of um, – he doesn't have that type of potential, but I saw someone say, you know, is this kind of our George Kittle light? And, I mean, we see Durham Smythe doing things that I guess we wanted to see this year after the Dolphins committed to him. You wonder how jealous Mike Kosicki was. I mean, he obviously wanted this game so bad, man. He's slamming his helmet there trying to do the Miami Miracle to get four yards and – uh, the dude wearing 69 gets stopped short. I mean, it was picture perfect. Um, but Durham Smythe, man, I think that he's uh, reliable, again, in blocking, and he do th- can do things like that. And then he can get out there in the passing game, and we see him do things that um, I don't want to say Mike Gesicki can't because we haven't seen those spectacular catches yet out of Smythe that we may have saw from Gesicki. But Smythe just seems like he's kind of more well-rounded and more consistent. And um, I think you're right, man. I think that ceiling might be a little higher than we expected. So um, let's see. Maybe he is our George Kittle after all. One of the weirdest tweets I saw before the game, before Sunday night football was that now that the offensive line was good, someone was like, yeah, the offensive line, we don't have to get mad at them anymore. We need someone else to be mad at. We need to just be annoyed. We need to trash someone. And they picked Bradley Chubb. And that it kind of means like one, you don't really need to trash players. You don't need to make up excuses for reasons to hate on people, but it kind of made sense. We were waiting for that signature Bradley Chubb performance. And on Sunday night, Josh, the stars kind of aligned. Jalen Phillips was out of action. And all of a sudden, man, here comes the astronaut with the, probably his best performance. since. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I mean, I don't want to be the say that I sat there and discredited him, but I was sitting there, saw Roquan Smith highlight and kind of said, yeah. yeah. And I, I saw, you know, why, but Bradley Chubb went out there and shut us all up. I mean, I was showing, I was doing that earlier. I don't know if you could hear it. I don't know if it was an acceptable egg on my face, but I was like, that's my egg on the face sound. So I don't know if it sounds like a squid landing on my face, Mario Kart style. But yeah, man, he went out there, seven total tackles. He had a sack. He had a forced fumble. He was making big plays when we needed it. And again, you mentioned Jalen Phillips being out. You need a Bradley Chubb to step up and show why he's getting paid that, why the Dolphins gave up those draft picks for him. And I don't want to say that it all is forgiven, but you could see why he is that talented player that, was drafted so high, you know, when he came out, was, uh, you know, traded away for a first-round pick. So hopefully this is just a building step. But what do you do with Andrew Van Ginkle at this point? I mean, I know this is the Bradley Chubb. We want to talk about him. But, dude, Andrew Van Ginkle looked like a menace out there. And he was just slowing to play inside linebacker. You thought maybe he'd play a little bit more there. But coming off the edge, I mean, he looked so damn good. And it's just crazy that they're giving Agba all that money. And you see Andrew Van Ginkle stepping up in these moments. So, um I don't know where we're going here, Jake, but Bradley Chubb finally was the astronaut that we paid him to be. Just want to see more of it, more inconsistent, more consistency. 
there's so much to digest about this defensive front, especially in a game like this. The Patriots with, were without their two tackles. Uh, Mac Jones, I think he was actually releasing the ball, entering the game 2.2 seconds, 2.4 seconds in week one, um, which was fifth fastest in the league. And I think he was even quicker on Sunday night football because that pass rush was coming. You mentioned Andrew Van Ginkle, three hits. Bradley Chubb, two hits. David Long Jr., another two hits. So to take this one step at a time, um, We'll start with Andrew Van Ginkle. One, I'm so happy, man, that someone with the last name Van Ginkle is someone we can be hyped up about with. That's just like such a great name to hear someone yelling as they're sacking a quarterback. Um, and it's also a little bit of a, a payback because I think there was a time, 2016, 17, I could be wrong, where Chase Winovich had a couple good years for the Patriots and everyone was kind of jealous that they had the, the long blonde hair flowing out of a helmet. All of a sudden, the Dolphins are like Thanos when it comes to guys with long blonde hair. Like, we got to get them all. But his ability to rush off the edge stuck out, man. It was so impressive. And the one thing about this defense that I thought was interesting is there was a lot of five-man fronts with Jalen Phillips. We didn't necessarily see that as much with Jalen Phillips being out. You could kind of have Van Ginkle step back a couple extra feet. But I don't think anybody expected him just to be this consistent of a Pressure monster sounds really lame, but just someone who can just really make you uncomfortable nonstop and – uh that was a nice sign to bring him back, especially uh, what, what are your thoughts on the fact that Andrew Van Ginkle, he played in a completely different scheme last year and he was okay. He was a solid pass rushing specialist with uh, under Josh Boyer's scheme. You bring in someone like Malik Reed, the Vic Vangio system. It's after you sign Vic Vangio. So there's no excuse. What does it mean when someone like Andrew Van Ginkle can beat him out as that pass rushing specialist? Yeah, it just shows what type of guy he is, right? We're talking about chameleons and how the offense kind of adapted. You see the way Andrew Van Ginkle can adapt to whatever defense, wherever he's thrown. I mean, he was, again, learning to play inside linebacker a lot this offseason by many accounts. We did see glimpses of this before him playing off the edge, getting some pressures there. I've written down that he had five pressures yesterday, and I just had written down, holy poop, you know, he was versatile as all heck, right? I mean, again, you can play inside linebacker, play a lot off the edge, and um, he showcased an insane spin move that kind of, uh, you know, would make any other defensive lineman blush. I mean, he looked like he had all the tools yesterday, and um, I'm intrigued to see the way they utilize these guys when Jalen Phillips comes back. Again, seeing David Long Jr., I had him as one of those stock down guys. Um, again, that egg on my face because he really played well, and, um, you know, he definitely needs to be out there, and you got to move AVG to the edge. I think that's the pair there, but hopefully Jalen Phillips is back sooner than later. Um, yeah, man, that defensive line looked good. This, and this is like a good problem to have, right? Oh, no, how are we going to get all our talented players on the field? That's such a struggle. It's going to be a challenge because I think David Long Jr. was kind of that, like, oh, we just take him off the field, all of a sudden all is right. The fact he could come out and just have an excellent game just as a run stopper with eight tackles and then to have the two quarterback hits, you were starting to get a little scared, man. I was starting to get a little scared. I should say that it was another Malik Reed, right? We had this whole idea of the Dolphins aren't going to sign free agents just to cut them, right? They're not going to sign these guys to short deals and then they just don't really do much. However, man, I'm starting to think is Emmanuel Agba this year's Mike Kosicki? That's kind of what it feels like. They just don't fit in they don't have many opportunities they got a high contract and it's just real awkward it feels yeah man i think that might even be a slight to gesicki i don't even know if agba's going to make that type of impact right i mean he's not really getting the opportunities again we saw andrew van ginkle play more there but you got to give credit to the other guys zach Steeler. i mean he just got his new deal he looked awesome out there i mean Early in the game, it looked like they were going to have success running the football, and he kind of stepped up and made some plays, uh, forced the punt there. It was just all over the field. Christian Wilkins had a sack, so we're already seeing his contract go up a little bit, right? Um, and then 
again, Raquan Davis, I don't know if I mentioned him, but he played probably one of his best games up there up front. So um, it was nice to see them bounce back after last week, but still some work that needs to be done. But you can see why Vic Fangio is making that money, and it was nice to see him adapt again against an offense that I honestly thought looked a little bit better than I was expecting, except for Devontae Parker. I do feel bad for them that he's their number one, right? Kendrick Bourne's the number one. We'll just go ahead and say that. This whole defense, man, it, there were there were some errors. Eli Apple made a couple errors, and like people were calling for him. He still knocked away two passes. He had a hard hit. Like I get it. I get that we want to get upset about every little play. We'll but get upset at him. Yeah, that's kind of the overall Fozzie theme bear. that the Dolphins are in a situation. The Dolphins are talented enough where they can have some real ugly plays, and you can circle it as real ugly, and they're still winning these games. They're still winning these drives. Yes, Apple did struggle, but also some more flowers, man. Darth Cater, another strong performance. He might give up some receptions, but he ain't letting you go anywhere after you make that reception. And then Xavier Howard versus Mac Jones. I mean, that's like the most obvious interception that anyone could ever see coming there, I think. Yeah, man. You said X. You were talking about X. Yeah, man. I, we wanted him to step up big time. He kind of boxed out Devontae Parker. And I was joking. You wonder how many times that happened in practice, right? That whole Devontae Parker versus Xavier Howard. But it was nice to see everybody step up. You mentioned Cater Coho, man. I mean, he's so good coming down and making those tackles and not letting guys get away. But then he's also so good in coverage. So um, I saw. think I saw they don't send us, well, at least they don't send me, the snap counts and things like that, which kind of bums me out because Same. it's nice to see who all played. But I believe X played all the snaps. Cater Coho played all the snaps. Um, and then you had Deshaun Elliott and Javon Holland both playing all the snaps there at safety. So, I mean, we're all really high on Brandon Jones. We wanted to get back out there, but it seems like they like those two guys out there. And I finally saw, you know, you saw Deshaun Elliott make some plays and become a difference maker in this one. So, um, again, it was just nice when you wanted to see the defense step up. It sucks that, you know, at times, again, we felt queasy, you know, when it was a 17-10 game. There were some other times when Jason Sanders coming out there. I don't know if we we could talk about that at the end. But, man, the defense overall, I've written down here, I, I just want to put Holland as a GOAT and Deshaun Elliott, I'm a stand now after this one. And uh, just to wrap it up, pro football focus had Nick uh, Bradley Chubb with a 90.8 grade. He was the number one rated uh, Dolphins player this week. So we're going to act like PFF grades matter this week. AVG 90.4, Wilkins 81.3, Caterco 80.4, and David Long 79.3. Uh, so when you want the defense to step up, baby, they did it. And um, interesting to see what happens this week against Russell Wilson. Let's ride, baby. Do you think this rushing defense is more towards that uh, um, week one Chargers 250 rushing yards? Obviously, the Patriots rush for 88 yards, 3.5 yards per carry. Two completely different teams, Josh. But where is the truth when you're talking about this defense? Yeah, I mean, I, I'm i such a pessimist, so I don't want to sit here and get a, you know, put the horse before the kick. The carriage before the horse, I guess, would be the, the saying. But um, I think it's closer to what we saw this week. I mean, again, their offensive line was a little bit banged up, but I think they're starting to see something there. We're having David Long out there more, maybe having AVG coming off the edge. I mean, they were getting pressure even when they weren't blitzing. So um, we'll see week three, right? I mean, it's so cliche. We already played two games. Why not see week three? And that'll define everything. But we know how this works. It doesn't. Teams continue to adapt. So um, I think it's kind of in the middle. That, that's where I'll go. I'll be, I'll be that guy. It's in the middle, but closer to what we saw last night, which, again, at times made you feel a little bit queasy, but they wrapped things up when they needed to. Always use protection. <laughs> it's a victory Tuesday. We, we can have a little fun here. Yeah, I, I completely agree with you, man. Like, I, I tried to go throughout the entire week, not necessarily dismissing 250 rushing yards allowed, but I, I think it was kind of obvious that the Dolphins would prefer to let – 
the Chargers run the football, let that clock just run out and, and just kind of see where the cards go from there. Uh, against someone like a group like Ramadre Stevenson and Ezekiel Elliott, I think the Dolphins match up really well against those physical backs who are going to try to pound the rock up the middle. Um, I mean, Christian Wilkins, great game. I think Raquan Davis is actually making a little bit of a statement in, in how he played as well. Um, Josh, I think when we look at this team, I think what we're seeing develop is a bunch of guys who play for each other. And that sounds corny and cliche, but I just kind of mean the idea of someone makes a mistake. There's always going to be someone right there to answer the bell. I mean, I go back to Mike McDaniel after the week one win talking about, Hey, we needed only one defensive stop this week down the road. We're going to win a game seven to three and, and everyone understanding that's just kind of how football works. What's been the biggest surprise. I mean, this is bananas, man. This is complete bananas and pajamas when Two road games, two wins against the AFC East, one completely different ways. Yeah, man. Is it cliche to say the culture, the culture of Miami's bet, you know, completely different with two, uh, with uh, Mike McDaniel at the head coach? I mean, it just seems like everyone's buying and everyone's playing for each other. You ask me what the biggest surprise is, I have to say it's the offensive line, right? I mean, with Teron Armstead out, I mean, I made jokes and couldn't even imagine Kendall Lamb stepping up there and playing well enough that, again, you could maybe want to slide him in at right tackle when Armstead comes back because of, you know, what's going on there with Austin Jackson, who has looked better. But it has to be the offensive line, especially after everyone was like, oh, Butch Berry, man, what a terrible signing. I mean, they look much different than we've seen in many, many years. Yeah, and and that's kind of a a big key here. And you wonder, you'll think about – just changing the offensive line coaches so many times, you're just hoping to eventually, eventually hit the right one. God, man, 2-0. 2-0, I had one more thing to say, and now I'm stalling to try to figure out what that was. Special teams. Special teams. You, you want to talk about special teams? How did you feel when Jason Sanders was going out there? Because I was sitting there next to my wife. The kids were finally sleeping. It was, what, 55-yarder, and I'm just like, why, why are you trusting him? And I was like, okay, I get it. I mean, he makes this. The game's over, but – Dude, I had no faith that ball was going in. And then it just how felt much, like it was the same. Go ahead. How much longer can we do this? How much yeah. longer can we, like, Jason Sanders is a fine kicker. But I've never, like, some kickers are wild cards, right? Like, if they miss a couple kicks, you don't know when they're going to happen. Jason Sanders, man, you know exactly when he's going to miss a kick. It's going to be over 50 yards. Maybe there's that extra point. We go back to that. Um I think special teams in general is actually looking pretty good. I thought having someone like Braxton Berrios down there who can kind of like slide into the ground, catch a ball, fair catch, and you're not even slightly concerned that he might fumble, it's pretty awesome. But, man, I, I don't know how much longer Jason Sanders we can let this, slot, uh, let this slide. He's not going to look awful. He's never going to have really bad games. But blocked field goal, missed field goal, this is about as bad as it's going to get. And there are going to be teams that you face where, hey, six points is a difference maker. This episode is brought to you by Hyperice, the leader in advanced warm-up and recovery technology. They have tons of innovative products, like Venom-heated wearables to help soothe sore back muscles, Normatec compression boots to speed up recovery and increase circulation, and Hypervolt massage guns to improve mobility. Loved by athletes like Naomi Osaka and Erling Holland. Try them yourself. Get 10% off your order with the code MOVE at hyperice.com. It's only a kick. A jump, a block, it's only a serve, it's only a tackle, a run, it's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. 
Yeah, that's what win and loses games in, in this league. And it's just um crazy because kickers have been fired for far worse than this. So I don't want to say that we want Jason Sanders fired, but I think when you look at his salary, you know, some of these big time kicks that you need a kicker to make, um, it's definitely something worth talking about. But um speaking of block kicks and things like that, I mean, I hate the Patriots, but you gotta give him credit for that motion. Uh the dude coming in and making that perfect block on Jason Sanders. Then it looked like he might've been shook and thought it was going to happen again on the 55 yarder. So um, that was something I've never seen in football. So hat tip to them, but man, they got to figure out Jason Sanders or we need to see more of that money dude that we saw um, at the end of last season. Cause we were all crapping on him then. And he came out big time at the end of last year, but right now, man, hit the road, Jack. Yeah. And that's the challenge, right? The AFC battle, AFC divisional battles is they're going to try those little things like that. And I think those, that's why you can never count out the Patriots. I think that's why the entire time I thought it'd be like a seven point game, just kind of keeping them at arm length away for most of the game. And Josh, this is what I did want to say what I was stalling for. I don't want the, the Patriots have won six Super Bowls. That's awesome. It's fantastic. Good for them. It was like a steel cold machine of death that would just produce a ring every year. Watching the Dolphins, man, watching Mike McDaniel see a cameraman and just like sprint off the field. I think it just goes so far to say like there are different ways to be successful. There are different ways to win and not to be too corny, man, but anything you do in life, you can take two seconds to make someone smile and you can take two seconds to have a little fun and make yourself smile even. And I don't want to get too philosophical here, but I love that Mike McDaniel kind of reminds me that once in a while that you can just be a little stupid, have a little fun. And it's not that serious. Even when you're facing a cold steel machine of death that has won six Super Bowls and say, Hey, you guys have it your way and it works well, but we can even have fun and it works pretty well too. Yeah, and he's also kind of shown them there's a new sheriff in town, right? Ding dong, the witch is dead, it kind of seems. But it was so nice to see him running off the field and just looking over and just jolting off. I showed my wife that video as well because uh, she was upstairs, I think, would have happened. And we're just dying, man. I mean, it's nice to have a head coach here that, you know, can act like that, but also, you know, bring the X's and O's, right? I mean, the way this offense is constructed, the way we're now seeing this defense constructed, um, it got to give you hope for the future and give you goosebumps that things are headed in the right direction finally, Dolphin fans, after – so many years of wondering what was next better play last question josh i promise what was the better play the mcdaniel run or bill belichick absolutely spiking that challenge flag in that ref's face because the best part man the, the bill belichick's sitting there he's preparing to uh challenge a play there's a referee just messing with some chains on the sideline getting things right dude takes his flag and just slams it right in his face man it was the funniest thing i've ever seen because you just saw the anger and hate that was in that throw yeah he's kind of a prick for that i mean i'm glad you brought that up because we had to mention it but yeah he was so mad that he had to challenge that thing but um uh definitely the run definitely the run no one cares about him getting pouty and i think he now wants to break shoulder's record right he's determined to break shoulder's record because of something shoulder once said um there's rumors of that so Ding dong, the witch is dead. It feels nice to have a new sheriff in town. Two is 5-0. and oh, Mike McDaniel um, got these boys rolling, man. And Again, Denver Broncos at home. Going to be a week. But the issue with Belichick trying to beat Shula's record here, and you know this might just be cocky on a Tuesday, but in order for him to beat Shula's record, Joshua, he might need to win some games. I don't know about you, but it's not looking too good right now. Nope, and it feels good to be a Miami Dolphins fan, that's for sure. We said it all. Thank you all so much for listening to another Dolphins podcast. And we are just getting started. Throughout the entire week, you will see shows uploaded on this feed. So stay tuned for that. If you aren't subscribed, please do hit that button. And 
I say this a lot, but if you have time and you can leave a review for this podcast, you can leave a rating. That stuff helps so much. It helps others find the show. And it it just puts a little extra pep in our step. So we'd greatly appreciate that. But I hope everybody out there enjoys another wonderful Victory Tuesday. And until next time, fins up. Fins up. Fins up.